You're listening to the Core Life Training. What is it? Core Life Training Podcast. Of course it is. With Jeff Olson. What's up, my friends? It's Jeff with the Core Life Training Podcast, where we dig into the Bible, get down with some killer tunes, and cool out with a tasty drink of choice. So thankful for those of you guys that checked out episode number nine last week, and I'm stoked to be back with uh, episode number 10, second week in a row. Last week was God Loves to Be Known, and we're going to pick up that theme this week in episode number 10, so I'm stoked to be here. Uh, I'm also stoked about a brand new live class that I'm going to be teaching here in Gresham in mid-November. It's going to be three hours on one night in a phenomenal, just a killer location. I'm super pumped about it. And next week's episode, I'm going to give you all the details and a link for you to register. All right, in our last episode, we checked out the first of God's four core values. One thing that God wants most above all things is that we would know God deeply in his word. And we checked out the idea that God loves to be known. So Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, Hosea chapter 6, verses 4 to 6, God says, I delight in the knowledge of God. So like God says, I love that you would come to know me, right? The infinite God of the universe says to the sinful dust of the earth who doesn't even want to know God, I love that you would know me. But what does it actually mean to know God, right? The idea can come across sort of like Christian jargon, right? A word that we say like fellowship or community or discipleship, and we kind of all nod our head at it and we act like we know what it means without ever really defining the thing biblically. But if knowing God is one of God's core values, it's one of the things he wants most, and we probably want to get really, really clear about what we mean when we say, I know God, or you should know God. So in this episode, what I want to do is I want to show you biblically what it means to know God. We'll walk through some specific texts. I'll give you a few uh, examples and illustrations, and we'll come away with a real clear idea of what we mean when we say God loves being known or what it means to know God. And don't forget, if you stick around after the outro, you are going to get this episode's drink of choice and this episode's metal moment. Both of them are killer. They're both awesome. I love both of them. So uh, if you're into that kind of thing, you can stick around after the outro music. If you're not into it, it's totally cool. Just hit stop at the end of the teaching time and it'll all be good, right? So let's get started. Once you grab a Bible, grab a notebook and grab your drink of choice and let's get down to business. All right, so last week we talked about the crazy truth that God wants to be known by us, but God doesn't just want us to know about him. Knowing about someone has to do with facts and truths, right? So like knowing about God would have to do with things like Bible verses and theological truths. I mean, we could talk about like the attributes of God. What is God like? The truth about that or how does God work or what has God done for us? These are all like biblical facts or truths and they're all super critical for sure. Don't get me wrong. These are critical. You can't know God truly without actually knowing the truth about God in his word, right? So you got to know about God, but you can know a lot about God and not actually ever come to know him. And let me give you an example of this. I know a lot about Led Zeppelin, right? It's my favorite band in the world, all-time great rock and roll band ever. Uh, No question about that. That I know is a fact and a truth. Uh, I can tell you how in 1968, the band formed. Uh, Jimmy Page was playing with the Yardbirds And that band was breaking up, but the band owed the record company still another tour in Scandinavia. And so Jimmy Page recruited 
John Bonham and Robert Plant, and they joined the Yardbirds. And the four guys of Led Zeppelin toured Scandinavia for a couple months as the Yardbirds. Like that's how they got going. I could tell you like just about the different records that they put out, when they put them out. I mean, I could say a lot about Led Zeppelin, but I don't know Led Zeppelin. I don't know Robert Plant. I don't know Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, John Bond. I don't know a. I don't know them at all. So you can know a lot of facts and truths about God and not actually know Him personally. So knowing God isn't just factual, it's personal, right? When you get to know someone, you start to get a sense of their inner person or like their inner heart. When you think about getting to know a good friend or like in the context of dating and you start to get to know them personally, you start finding out like what they're really like on the inside or you find out what makes them happy or or what grieves them, what makes them sad or what kinds of hopes and dreams and goals they have. So like when I first met Brenda, my wife, Like I knew she was hot from across the room. That was easy. And when I first started talking to her, she was fun to talk to. We had a good time. We laughed a lot. It was great. But as I started to get to know her, like I I found out that she's like really an introvert. So she gets recharged by coming home at night and, and sitting down and doing a puzzle. And she gets worn out by lots of social activity, right? I didn't know that when I first was dating her. I got to know that over time. I found out over time that, I mean, she's definitely like a rule follower, man. If there's a policy or a rule, she, she feels sort of this compulsion to like obey it and do it. And uh, Brenda's a total justice person. Like anything outside the lines that's not fair or not right, like just gets her like deep down in her soul. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm kind of really the exact opposite of all of those things. And so even though uh, at times in our marriage that uh, the differences between us have have caused some conflicts and some things to work around i've really come to appreciate that the inner person of who she is because she is different than me and she provides some strengths in areas that i'm completely weak in but those are the kinds of things that you come to know the inner person and their inner heart as you get to know them knowing someone is personal not just factual and it's really no different with god like what is god really like exodus chapter 34 verses 6 and 7 Right? The Lord appears to Moses and he proclaims his name and he says, the Lord, the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. Like what, what is, what is this God really like? Are we just supposed to obey his word and do what he says? Like, but what is he like as a person? And God says, I'm slow to anger and I abound in loving kindness. What makes God happy? Well, we looked at Hosea chapter six, man, I delight in the knowledge of God rather than sacrifice. I don't I don't want your sacrifices while you go love and worship idols, man. I, I want you to come to know me. That That's what pleases me. What grieves God? What makes God bummed out, man? Proverbs chapter six, verses 16 to 19. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yeah, even seven which are an abomination to him. What are, what are those things? What are the things that God can't stand? Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. By the way, the Indigo Girls in one of my favorite Indigo Girls songs of all time, Strange Fire, pick up that exact line in that song. You should check them out too. They're going to be on a they're going to be on a metal moment at some point in this podcast, even though they're completely not metal. But they're one of my all time favorites, so I don't care. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. Man, God says, I hate those things. What is God like? What what makes him happy? What bums him out? What are his hopes and his dreams and his goals? What is God's plan for the future? You can check out Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 to 4. Isaiah says, now it will come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as chief of the mountains, and it'll be raised above the hills. And here's the picture of the end times. This is God's great goal for all of humanity and all the nations 
will stream to it. And many peoples, that plural word peoples in the Old Testament, it's another word for nations, many peoples or many nations will come up and they'll say, come let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, so that he might teach us concerning his ways and that we might walk in his paths. Man, God's vision for the future and his ultimate goal and plan is that all the nations would come up to the mountain of God and worship before him. God shares all of these sort of inner person, heart level things with us in scripture. So knowing God isn't just factual, it's personal, where we get a sense of their inner person and heart. And then we also connect with them and their interests as well. Like if we're going to know someone, we got to connect emotionally. Again, we could just know those facts about them as a person. But when we really get to know them, we start to connect emotionally with them and their interests as well. So what matters to you starts to matter to me. So when I married Brenda, she wasn't a big sports fan and certainly not a Seattle sports fan because she's not from Seattle like I am, right? I'm a huge Seattle sports fan. I love the Mariners, love the Sonics. God, please bring back the Sonics. I love the Seahawks, right? Love the Seattle Thunderbirds, love the Seattle Sounders. I love all that. And when we got married, she wasn't a big Mariners fan at all, but I was. And so over time, you know, she started to take an interest in the Mariners and all of a sudden found herself kind of like a Mariners fan. Same thing with the Seahawks. Like she wasn't a huge Seahawks fan, but I totally am. And over time, she became a Seahawks fan as well. What mattered to me started to matter to her, right? You start connecting emotionally with a person and their interests. So, right, God says, I love loyal love, and I love that you would know me. All right, God, I love that stuff too. And God, you say you hate lying? Well, guess what? I, I hate lying too. Like my, I'm connected with God's interests and God's desires, and I'm connected with that emotionally. I don't just know those things uh, factually. Right, so like you can read about like a tragedy in the news and it's easy to kind of scroll by some of these tragedies where, you know, people lose their lives or um, natural disasters or whatever. It's a little bit easy to kind of scroll by and not really be super moved about it. And most of that has to do not with the fact that we don't care. It's just that we don't know those people. I have no personal connection with any of them. So it just doesn't move me the same way that it moves me when one of my kids is hurting. Right, we just sent our our son off to college. Uh, he's away from home for the first time. He's only an hour away. It's not forever away, but man, it feels like it's forever away. It's a brand new experience for him. It's stressful. He's thinking about things as a young man, as an adult that he's never had to think about. And it's hard. And when he calls home and he's struggling, man, it breaks my heart. And and I'm lonely for him and I miss him. And right, So you know, when he's hurting or when he's stressed out down at school, I'm hurting and I'm stressed out as well. How come? Because I know him. I'm emotionally connected with him and his interests. So it's not just factual, it's personal. We get the sense of the inner person and then we connect emotionally with that person and their interests. And I want want you to think through some scripture passages here. In Acts chapter 11, verse 23, the author of Acts says that Barnabas rejoiced that the gospel was changing lives in Antioch. Why is Barnabas so pumped about that? Because that pumps the Lord up, right? That's that's one of God's goals is to bring the good news of the gospel to all nations. And when that starts happening, Barnabas, who knows God and is emotionally connected with God, digs it as well. Psalm 119, verse 136, the psalmist says, I wept because the law was not being kept. Now, why does he care so much? It's not his law. Well, he's emotionally connected with God and God's interests. And one of God's interests is that God would be glorified, right, in all things. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether we eat or drink, we would do all things for God's glory. And when that's not going down, man, it's against God, it's against his desire. 
his purpose, his plan, right? And that bums out the psalmist, not because it's his law, because he's connected with God, right? So we connect emotionally with somebody else and their interests. And then here's the tricky part too, right? Here's an important part of knowing someone is sharing back my own heart and sharing back my own interests with them. I could just sit back and listen to you share all about you and be vulnerable and be honest and just walk away with that information, right? And maybe even use that information against you. But if we're going to be in a real relationship, I would share those things back with you. And in scripture, right, that looks like casting our cares on the Lord and casting our anxieties on the Lord because he cares for us. That's 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Uh, it would be like asking God for the things that we need. Lord, here's what's going on in my life and here's what I need. Could you please help? Like I'm sharing what's on my heart. I'm sharing what I need. I declare my love for God in worship. God, I love you above all things, right? I'm thankful to you for the great things that you're doing. I'm sharing my heart back with the Lord, not to inform the Lord as if he doesn't know, like the Lord's not in heaven going, I just, I wonder what Olson needs down there. We're not trying to inform him in prayer. I'm not sharing my heart with God to inform him. I'm not sharing any of that to earn anything from him. I'm sharing that back so that I would be like in a legit relationship with God. This is what it means to know a real person. It's what it means to know God, right? It's not factual. It's not just factual. It's personal. We connect emotionally with them and their interests, and then we share our own back as well. So let me say this too, like knowing God is personal, but it's also factual, right? It's not just personal. Knowing God is personal and factual or personal and truthful. Knowing God is not this emotional or imaginationary free-for-all, right? Where you just get to say, well, I feel like God is like this, or I think God is like that, or this is one of my favorite line, the God I believe in is like blah, 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 blah. And when you start asking somebody like, why do they think that? And right, it's not based in scripture. Like they're just making that stuff up. This is just the God I want to believe. And I call it folk religion, right? It's the, the religion folk make up in their head. So they're just, you're just making stuff up about what you want to believe about God. If that's apart from what scripture tells us. And if it's apart from what scripture tells us, it's called idolatry in scripture, right? And all of us are bent to that. All of us are bent towards shaping God in our own image. This is Romans chapter one, verse 23. We've all exchanged the truth of God for a lie and instead created images or idols. And the, the first image or idol we form in Romans 1, 23 is in the form of man. So what we end up just thinking up or making up or feel like God is like is just a bigger, better, smarter version of ourselves. The truth is, if we're gonna come to know God deeply and come to know God factually and truthfully, God gets to speak for himself about God, right? God gets to tell us what God is like. We don't get to tell him what God is like. And thankfully and mercifully, God has revealed his nature, what he's like. He's revealed his heart and what matters to him. He's revealed what pleases him and what grieves him. He's revealed his plan and his purpose for our lives. He's revealed all of that in scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed, man, it's inspired. We have an inspired, for sure version of what God is like, and it comes from God himself. God tells us what he's like. So if we're going to know God deeply, we have to know him personally. We got to know him truthfully, as he says in his word. So one of God's great core values for us is that we would know him deeply in his word. He loves being known. It's his great purpose for your life that you would come to know God deeply in his word. So let me ask you this question here, wrapping up. Do you love knowing God? I don't mean, do you love being a Christian? I don't mean, do you love 
uh, your church. I don't mean, do you love the idea that you're going to go to heaven in the last day? I mean, like, do you love knowing God? I don't mean, are you trying hard to obey the Lord? Are you doing all the right things and not sinning a bunch? I mean, do you like love coming to know the inner person of God through scripture? What makes him happy? What bums him out? What his goals and plans are? Do you love coming to know him that way? And do you love sharing yourself back with him in relationship? And is it your great purpose and your great goal for your life to know God? Before you obey God, before you do anything to serve God, he's not interested in that first. His first great goal is that you would come to know God above all things. Is that your great goal? Dig it. I hope that was helpful for you in terms of thinking about what does it mean to know God. I hope that helped clear some things up for you. It is one of God's big, giant goals for your life. It's one of his core values, so we got to be super clear on what does it mean to know God. So that's it for this episode, you guys. Appreciate you hanging out with me for it. I want to ask you to do me a favor and like and follow Core Life Training on Facebook and Instagram as well. You'll get info on upcoming classes, both live and online. We got a new live class coming up. We should have two classes coming online by the end of the year. You'll find out about new podcast episodes and keep up to speed on everything else uh, that we're doing here and maybe get some behind the scenes peaks at what goes on here in the command center. Uh, You can message me there, Facebook and Instagram as well with your Bible or theology questions or comments about the podcast. I would totally love to hear from you. And if you like your updates or if you want to keep up to speed in your email inbox, you can go to corelifetraining.org and sign up for the email list. I won't spam you, I promise. I won't sell your information to anyone. I'll just keep you up to speed on what you need to know about what's going on with Core Life Training. So thanks for checking out this episode, you guys. Appreciate it a ton. Don't forget, after the outro is the drink of choice and the metal moment if you dig it. My name is Jeff Olson. I teach the Bible, and I'll check you later. Okay, so here we go with this week's drink of choice, and I'm shocked that I don't think this has ever been the drink of choice for the Core Life Training Podcast. This week's drink of choice is Big Bad Baptist Imperial Stout from Epic Brewing, and these guys are out of Salt Lake City, Utah. I mean, God bless the Mormons. Are you kidding me? This is one of my very favorite all-time Imperial Stouts. My best friend, Lenny Martin, and I were talking about this literally last night, about has got to be in our top three all-time favorite Stouts, if it's uh, not third not second. It, it might be number one for sure. Like I cannot believe how good it is. It's made with coffee and cocoa nibs. And I mean, you just put those two flavors together and this thing tastes as awesome as you can imagine. Big Bad Baptist Imperial Stout. Plus I love the name. It's just a killer name. Some of these guys just come up with great beer names and I love it. And this is one of my favorite names as well. Thankfully, uh, the beer lives up to the name. Sometimes you get killer beer names and the then the beer in the bottle actually sucks. But in this case, the name rules and the beer rules as well. So you should check them out. I'll I'll leave a link to Epic Brewing in the show notes below. And for our metal moment, man, I want to share a band with you that I literally found just this last week. It's a band called Morganthus, and they're a three-piece band out of uh, Pennsylvania. I found them when I was looking at the August 2019 Doom charts. And if you don't know what the Doom charts are, or if you want to find good uh, Doom metal, best new bands that are out, best records that have just come out. You should check out doomcharts.com. Anyway, that's where I found Morganthus. If you like Black Sabbathy, riffy heaviness, you will love these guys. Well, I do. And if you do, you will love these guys the way I love them. Um, they combine all that Sabbath, riff, heavy with kind of an updated sound and a little bit more modern production. And so the total package is unbelievably killer. Uh, the track you're going to hear is called Plague Bell. 
It's the first track on their latest record titled Mortal. And if you dig the roots of heavy metal music and hard rock music like I dig, and if you're still listening to this point, I, I believe you dig it the way I dig it, you're going to love these guys. This is Morganthus. I'm going to leave a link to their band camp below so that you can get their music, check out any merchandise, and follow these guys. They're totally killer. So what I want you to do now is just grab your drink of choice, kick back, crank this thing up, and I will check you later. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Yeah. 